You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Welcome back to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Uh, Taylor, offline, you and I were just chatting that we don't 100% know the date of this episode airing, so it makes it kind of hard to record, and it makes openings of of the episode hard too, because I don't, I, I don't really know what to say because I don't know, I don't know when this is, I don't know when in time we are. We can't even make small talk about the weather. No, because that could be that could be completely different. <laughs> we could be like, oh, it's so mild and everything's melting, but we're, or and this could come out in the middle of a snowstorm. I feel like the last time, see, I don't know when you air the episodes I record. The last time I was on, I'm pretty sure I talked about a snowstorm, and so like people could have been listening and been like, what is what is she talking about? When we had like. Um, the snowstorm with thunder. I'm pretty, I think I, I think we spoke about that on air. Yes. Or we, yeah. And, and we did. No, no context whatsoever. People were like, she's really sick. Talk. About. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, and I will say that was definitely an episode because I'm remembering us recording that. And that would have been an episode that for sure was a pre-record to go out like, at least a week or two later, if it wasn't even the next week. So that definitely would have been out of, out of there time. was a thaw. It, it, like it, it is all, it is a little all over the place. Um, and that's just the nature of, of things right now, but it's, it, it adds an odd element of feeling out of time because you just don't know what could have happened. For all we know, every movie has been canceled by the time yeah. this recording comes out, right? Like, especially what happened with the pandemic. That's how fast things went. Like a week later, suddenly there's new news. So you just never know what's going to happen here. Speaking of things that are canceled, did you see that Hulu's not moving forward with Devil in the White City? Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio's. Yeah. I didn't hear about this. That came out. It came out today, (laughs) which uh, means nothing (laughs) to the people who are listening. Weeks ago or recently. (laughs) March 8th. (laughs) I I think I saw those. the headlines today or yesterday but uh yeah that was in talks for quite some time yeah and now they hulu's not moving forward big and that's a big project big it was a very big book and martin scorsese and leo big yeah i didn't did you see a reason no i did not click the article (laughs) oh oh you just saw in classic classic taylor fashion (laughs) i read the headline and went huh and then moved on. So but it's possible um, it's not even true. <laughs> no, it was it came out it was on enough uh different okay. outlets. Okay. You know what I mean? You did so, enough research that far that you saw enough headlines in I did enough spots. scrolling <laughs> yes. to see it multiple yeah. times from different yes. accounts. That's a big but, surprise considering not like the source material one, but also the those involved. Like those are big names yeah. and heavy hitters right now. So it's so it's like how um uh the people who bought hbo and like the batgirl people like how they're just literally canceling things left right and how is that a tax break economist needs to come on our show yeah and explain to us how 
they're so in the hole or whatever, like, I don't know, cash strapped, it's cheaper for them to cancel things that are literally already done. I don't understand that. And that's exactly what happened with Batgirl. It was finished. They were they were done, or at least several episodes, or enough of it was was completed. They were like editing, spent, I think. Yeah, they were in the editing process. You spent all the money, in theory. I don't, and, and I now, don't understand. Now, yeah, because you cancel it, you're getting money back, and it's just, yeah, that's that's so, it's so bizarre, and I and I would love to understand it more because that it just doesn't make any sense. Like at that point, why not just release it? Like you right have to it, DVD or it. like Blu-ray. Yeah. And make some money. Like, yeah, maybe not put it on your streaming service. Maybe just release it and say, hey, if you're so curious, here you go. And then make a little bit of money from it. But you're right. They, they honestly must just make so much more money. By but I don't know how, like, insurance? Like, I don't understand. I don't understand I how that's legal. I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't get – I don't understand. If I cancel anything, I if there's so many fees <laughs> to cancel yeah. anything. I just recently went through every piece of technology I own breaking down. Like, I, I didn't have a cell phone for almost a week. I've had com- massive computer issues. I had to get a whole new cell phone. I had to get a, something replaced to my computer. My computer's on its absolute last leg, but I don't have money to really buy one right now. So uh, the amount of fees I had to go through just to cancel and change things and put things in the right place just because my technology stopped working was ridiculous, let alone having produced an entire tv series and then deciding no it's actually cheaper to just cancel it yeah the studios are like yeah whatever whatever no no big (laughs) deal well just wipe um, that off (laughs) so netflix is taking arrested development off of their platform um including the netflix original series seasons oh um so the the talk is uh you won't, will, will you be able to access those Netflix seasons anywhere or will they just kind of cease to exist? Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause in the past, um, things would be like physical copies. Like you would yeah. buy, like I have Buffy on DVD. I have Hannibal yeah. on DVD, whatever. So like, it doesn't matter if a streaming service takes it off because I can watch them. I don't think Netflix is releasing Blu-ray seasons of their their original content so you take off arrested development from the streaming platform the the like the later seasons they just what cease to exist until Um, another like until like another streaming because like i don't what why would netflix license their own show to be on like hulu um yeah you, you're bringing up a lot of great questions and a lot of good points. <laughs> These are the things I think about while I'm like nursing the baby in a darkened room, you know, like, uh, like, like, um, or, you know, you'll be able to watch the first three seasons of Arrested Development on Hulu or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just, nope, you don't get the other, uh, granted, I the other two seasons happens. are bad, but. I hate, but I hate when that happens where, where a service will only have a few seasons of a full series. That happens a lot, and I hate it. Yeah, it's so, um, yeah, it's just bizarre, utterly bizarre. So it's all the more um, reason to get your physical copies of the media you like. You know, if you have an, a musician you like, buy a CD or a, a vinyl. If you have a movie you like, 
buy it on DVD or Blu-ray because we cannot rely on these streaming services. Yeah, I agree. I think if you can get the physical copy, it's just a lot safer. You just don't know what's going to happen. And then like, you know, like everything changes, right? Like now we're seeing with Netflix that the their whole pay structure has changed. Oh, don't even get me can't started. Share. <laughs> yeah, everyone's quite up in a in a quite a state of My dad booted one. me. My dad said, "You're a grown-up. You have a baby now. Buy your own Netflix account." <laughs> I was like, "No." That's that's funny. Yeah, so that's I funny. Bit the bu- I bit the bullet. Bite I yeah. Past tense. Bit the bullet, and uh, finally, after many 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 years of mooching off my dad, have my own Netflix account. But so now, Mike, I have to rebuild the whole algorithm. <laughs> yes, yeah. You'd be starting from zero. It wouldn't yeah. know you at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so annoyed. So like on my downtime, I go through and like like things again to like hopefully <laughs> like to like jumpstart it. But it's yeah. like. They're like most recommended, Young Sheldon. What? No? What? <laughs> Netflix, you don't know me at all. Why are you <laughs> suggesting Young Sheldon? I've never once like I don't even like Big Bang Theory. Like what the heck? What the heck? So, anyways, is, is Big yeah. Bang Theory even on Netflix? Like I know I Young don't Sheldon. Think so I don't think Big Bang Theory is on there. Then, okay, I know this isn't gonna be like a Netflix gripe episode, but how annoying to me and maybe to other people <laughs> they netflix has the reboot of the 70s show that 90s show they don't have the original episodes that 70s show the, that 70s show is not on netflix no wow. unless i'm like yeah, completely that's wrong annoying. that's really annoying like why that makes no again that makes no sense in terms of con like content cataloging so like dan, dan and i were saying like we'd watch the old episodes we're not particularly inclined to watch the 90s one, um, but we would watch the old episodes. But no, no, you would need a different streaming service for that. And we might yeah. as well just go back to cable. Speaking of which, this is my last thing and then we can go into, this is one of our epic long intros where we're like, no, we, don't know, we don't know what to talk about. And then we talk about for 10 minutes about nothing. Yeah. So have you heard of this Pluto TV? Speaking no, of cable. I heard of Pluto okay. TV no um you're you're strapped for cash you can't buy a new laptop so maybe well you have cable so you don't need this but um yeah I'm, I'm strapped for cash because I'm paying for all these yeah because you're paying for all this already like I've got cable every single streaming service imaginable even Roku TV I don't need Pluto I don't even know what that so, is <laughs> Pluto TV is free so again like I'm like how do you how do people like uh, how it feels almost like fraudulent to have this, but I did a little, like a little sleuthing and it's owned by Paramount. So Pluto TV is like a, it's a internet like app, like you're using your internet, but it's like functions as cable, if that makes sense. So like there are commercials, but like you can watch it on your laptop. You can like download the app onto your TV and it has like, a channel where it's just South Park, a channel of <laughs> just Law and Order, a channel and, and of got commercials in and it's got commercials. Okay, okay. But if people are like, oh, like I can't put up with this Netflix anymore, they keep taking off my favorite shows. Pluto TV, Pluto spelt like the planet. Um, super fun, easy. Even I can figure it out. You know, it's got like the original Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stacks. If you don't want to 
pay for your Amazon Prime. Like, I'm like, how is this? How how are they able to afford this? But they do have commercials, and apparently, yeah, it's owned by Paramount. So, yeah, so Paramount's obviously got money, but the commercials helps pay for that. Like, people, but like the commercials are like for the other channels. So you're like watching <laughs> South Park, funny. and they're like. Turn to the game show channel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not even, that's just their own advertising. It's not yeah. even getting them any extra money. That's and they so advertise, crazy. they advertise um, Paramount, Paramount Plus or like whatever the Paramount streaming is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Pluto TV. So when Pluto Mike, TV, you, right when now. you're like really broke and you have to cancel your cable subscription, Pluto TV. Thank you for your confidence in, in me. <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you continue down this path. And you're broke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go get Pluto TV. Um, did you, speaking quickly, just because as you say something, it takes down another rant. I don't know if you've been paying attention because in the news a lot, there was all that, you know, Meghan Markle and whichever prince she's married to. Harry. Um, Harry. And they were all in the news and they had that net, that Netflix special, right, that happened. And then now, oh, like oh, just in the past couple of weeks, South Park's been both getting praise and criticism for yeah. their, their episode about them. I don't know if you heard about that. I did see the headlines. Again, I didn't read the articles, but uh, I saw that Megan's very upset. And then people are like, oh, like the Megan defenders are like, she should sue South Park. And then the South Park people, the defenders of South Park are like, South Park's been around a long time. They know how not to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's all parody and like again they you know they change enough where yeah they like don't the use prince- the same names no and it's the prince and princess of canada yeah there you like go. that's who they are so yeah it, it's it changed it enough but it's so clear it's them um but it looks, that was in the, news. the little character looks like her like if oh, you didn't 100%. i'd be like yeah that's megan <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i the i only saw one clip and that his they they made his book um in South Park called Wah. That's the name of his book. So, so that, that made me laugh. I was like, oh, that's Wah. funny. Uh, Wah. That's, <laughs> that's the name of his book. But anyway, I thought, like, again, Netflix obviously, you know, buying and paying for the right to do, like, their own Meghan Markle and Prince, what is it, William? No, Harry? Harry. Harry. Um, and this is this guy's different from Harry Styles, right? Correct. <laughs> I know Harry Styles is. But yeah, so it's interesting that here you've got Netflix buying, obviously, the rights to make their special. South Park then, for no money, basically being able to do the same thing because it's a parody and just throw it up there and still capitalize on kind of their whole big thing. Because he had his book and all these like things came out at once. And that just... It made me laugh because even before the South Park thing, there's Netflix again spending probably a lot of money to get the rights to to make their special. And now they just had to change their entire payment structure to pay for all these decisions that they're making, like to pay for season four of Stranger Things, to pay for whatever else that they're creating. And it's just season it's two wild to me. Day. Season two of um, <laughs> Wednesday, yeah, where they're still they're still producing so much work and buying so much content, but clearly the they've had to change the financial model. Like clearly, they need more money. Well, Mike, it, with the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, they have like a multi million dollar de- like deal. They're right. like okay. they're supposed to 
produce like multiple documentaries and were like paid like millions of dollars to produce documentaries. And like one of the jokes, I don't know if it came up in South Park, is that like they haven't like put out any content yet, but the (laughs) deal was made like several years ago. And um, so I guess like the recent special is probably part of this like multi picture deal. Like it was supposed to be kind of like, uh, I think the Obama's, if not with Netflix, another streaming agency did something similar. Yeah. I mean, strike while the iron's hot. Like when you're popular, make these big deals with groups and try to create content. I mean. And yet they haven't created anything. They should have done what Dave Chappelle did, where he agreed to three specials for Netflix, but had already created two that they didn't know about. So he just gave them the ones he already made and then only had to actually do one. So he basically made one special for them for the price of three. That's great. That's my work smart, not hard. Exactly. That's the method. You already have to have them in the can and then get the deal. And uh, <laughs> You didn't say when I had to make the special. Yeah, just I just have to give them to you. <laughs> so um, there you go. There, Yeah, there. That's interesting. Little streaming update. Um, we've got some movies to review. Uh, this episode and uh, you have been catching up on some of your Oscar nominated films from last year. So women talking Um, for all we know, it won some Oscars. Yeah. We might have to, you might have to do like an, an an amendment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some time at (laughs) the end of this episode. Yeah. Just to, just to put in, this is what women talking won. Oscar Um, winner, not Oscar nominee. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I watched my first movie of 2023, Knock at the Cabin, from everyone's favorite, M. Night Shyamalan. So we're into oh, that's getting a lot of buzz. It has that wrestler in it. Dave Bautista. Yeah. Um, Which yes. I should, I'm sorry. He doesn't want to be, he wants to be known as an actor. Yes. He wants he to be want a to be, serious actor. He wants to be a serious actor now. He's done with Marvel. He doesn't want to do anything silly anymore. That's what he said. I don't want to do anything silly. I want to be. Hey, fair enough. Good for Um, him. I mean, yeah, he did his couple Marvel movies. He was in Dune. Um, He'll be in other things, I'm sure, but he wants to be taken seriously. He's in Knives Out Mm 2. He was in Knives Out 2. Oh, yes, he was in Knives Out 2. He was okay in that. Like, he was fine. Here's Here's the thing, Mike. You can get into this when you do your review. He wants to be taken as a serious actor. Good for you. Like, okay, I read his story. It sounds like he like had a kind of a rough life before he yes. went into to wrestling and now he's trying to like make a go of it as a serious actor. Okay, fine. Is he <laughs> good enough to be a serious actor? Because I I'm of the mind where like not every actor needs to be a serious actor. We need the rocks mm-hmm. of the world. You know what I mean? Like we need the we the do. guys that like they're not necessarily Oscar winners, but they put in a good performance and they're a lot of fun to watch. So I'm, I'll be interested to hear your take if, if you actually think he is worthy of <laughs> becoming a serious. It's, it's so tough because just like we've talked about John Cena before and how just nice John yeah. Cena seems, just like a really nice Just guy. let him be in things. Yeah, and... <laughs> And Dave Bautista seems just really nice. Like he's not trying to do, yeah, he's not trying to do anyone harm. He just wants to be taken seriously as an actor. He clearly loves the craft. He's had such a difficult life that he takes a lot of like joy from acting. So I'm kind of rooting for him. 
Like I am. Like a part of me is like, yeah, you go get your roles that you want. Go and to maybe, acting like, school or yeah, whatever you're doing. Yeah, or whatever it is <laughs> you want to do. But then, yeah, he's he's always just kind of okay. We're like, oh, well, he's, he's fine. He's, tr- he's trying. <laughs> he's like, he's he's putting an effort in. Um, I, yeah, so far, I would say my overall opinion on Dave Bautista as an actor is he's okay. He was very, very good in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Like, I think he, he was the best he's done is those movies. Um, I think he's just as okay in Knock at the Cabin as he was in Knives Out 2. He serviceable did the role yeah like he did the role he wasn't unbelievable it's just could you someone better could someone who with a little more acting chops had done better probably um but again he's trying like you can see he wants this like this is what he wants to do and when like listen there's a lot of horrific people in hollywood when one of the good ones wants something i want them to get it and, you know, maybe the more movies he's in, the more real, quote-unquote, real roles he gets or whatever. Yeah. Um, you can improve. There's lots of stories of, of actors who, at the beginning of their career, you're unsure. And then as you see them, they get better and better with the movies that they're in. So maybe he'll just improve. Who else is in that movie? Knock the, the Cabin? Yeah. Uh, Rupert he- Grint? <laughs> from uh, Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, so Ron Weasley, uh, isn't it? Um, and uh, so the in Knock at the Cabin, you're basically with seven characters the whole time, and two of them get the most screen time, which is the, the two fathers of the girl who are actually in the cabin. So they're played by Ben Aldridge and Jonathan Groff. So Jonathan Groff was, was in Hamilton. He's the uh, only, on purpose, only white guy from Hamilton. Um, and he plays the, the the king, the prince, or the, was it king? Not I don't know who it was back then. Yeah, he was, he's on big Broadway guy, was in um, Glee, I think he was in Glee. Oh, yep, 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 yeah. And then Ben Aldridge, you would recognize, he's been in a ton of things. Um, and the two of them get the most uh, screen time um, of, of anybody. Um, and you're really, really with them. Um, and those would be, the, I would say, the ones you would probably recognize. Um, I don't know if the rest of the cast. I didn't. I didn't recognize the rest of the cast. Is Dave Batista playing like the villain? Dave Batista plays one of the four people who show up at this cabin and won't let the three people from the family leave. Like it's okay. these two guys and their daughter. They have a little girl, um, and Dave Batista, Rupert Grint, and these two ladies show up and won't let them leave. Um, and Rupert Grint has like a kind of Southern accent, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Did you see this? He's in, Ron Weasley. Did you see this in theaters or was it on streaming? No, no, it's on streaming now. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, I watched it on streaming. Um, yeah, and it was. This is such. This is like all of M Night Shyamalan's movies are typically like you're like what, <laughs> but this one particularly, I'm like what. But that's the thing with M. Night Shyamalan. Sometimes he does a movie where you're like, well, this shouldn't work. And then you end up enjoying it. Like, for whatever, even if it's not, like, Knock at the Cabin, it's not his best work, but it's definitely not his worst. Like, it's it's pretty good. And all these elements, you're like, this is weird, but somehow they're working. Um, like, again, like, Rupert Grint is weird in, in, in this role. He, he 
doesn't have a lot of screen time and what you do get from him and the dialogue you do get from him it's a little much so he he's a, a bit of an odd choice um but like the rest of the cast is pretty good like you get unlike in some m night Shyamalan movies where you get this kind of outer worldly feeling like when they're doing their dialogue it feels like it wasn't written by a human being um this feels real like it feels like real people and even right. in some sloppiness like it like could it kinda, happen yeah yeah like i there were several times where i'm like well that's not a great like movie line or this is a great movie dialogue but in real life this is probably exactly how this situation would go down like it's very grounded which for me for m night Shyamalan and the stuff that he wants to do is a bit of a different turn. Like overall the movie and what it's about and what you discover in the movie is normal M night Shyamalan kind of, you're going to have to take a leap to believe what's going on. But well, he did not, not so much in the twists though. I would say it's a little bit similar to um, uh, the visit where the movie's kind of straightforward. Like the movie, the visit's sort of straightforward. I thought that movie was so scary. It was. This movie's not. Knock at the Cabin is not scary. It's suspenseful, oh. but it's not scary. Okay. It's not a horror movie at all. It's a suspenseful thriller, but it's not scary. The Visit, which is very, very scary, and does have some reveals. Like, you learn things in The Visit, but I wouldn't necessarily say they're out of the crazy, out of, out of left field yeah. twists. You just get like things Like The Village. Revealed. Exactly. Where like that twist is like, whoa. <laughs> exactly. I would say Knock at the Cabin Door is similar to the structure of the visit it's kind of straightforward you're you're following along this path that doesn't really deviate but you're learning things as you go right um which is kind of interesting and again as i said it's not a horror movie at all it's a suspenseful it's a movie thriller but it's not yes it's very much a thriller um it is a bit different than what m night Shyamalan has done uh, in the past but i still think it was pretty good like for for his work being hit and miss you get, you get a movie like The Village, which is all over the place, but then you get a movie like The Visit, which is quite good. You get a movie like Signs, which everyone, you know, really, really liked. And then you get a, a movie like um, Lady in the Water, which everybody hated. <laughs> so I haven't he's... seen a lot of his movies. I think the only one I've seen is The Visit. Um, did you end up seeing Old, which was no. just over the, the past beach. couple years? That's okay. when it, like, it's on the beach, right? Yeah, the beach one. Yeah, yeah. no, I never saw yeah. that one. I, I really liked old which a lot of people didn't but i i thought it was i thought it was pretty good um i've seen most of his movies and this this was good like i think i think if you you enjoyed the visit you would enjoy knock at the cabin just know going into it it's not a horror movie right like this is not about scaring you it's about suspense and learning something about these characters who arrive and you know nothing about them which i loved i loved sitting down for this movie knowing really nothing as to what's going on, having these four characters show up and basically being stuck with seven people for an hour and a half. And that's it. Like, it's a nice, short, under two-hour movie. It's concise. Um, and I thought it was pretty good <laughs> for, for for what it was. Like, it, it, uh, it it's a little bit out there. There's a few things that are a little bit like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Um, but... For what it was, I I was surprised that I enjoyed it. Um, and M. Night Shyamalan, he can be so hit and miss. Um, there's one movie, Taylor, like if I were to pick a movie that I would love for to get your opinion on of his, it would be The Happening, which is with Mark Wahlberg. Because yeah, that I movie... I've heard of that movie. That movie is split down the middle. 
some people think it's so brilliant because it's it's so per- all the weird things are purposely done, but other people think it's bad. And I don't I'm kind of on the mindset like I think he knew what he was doing, but the whole movie the happening it's so strange and it feels like it doesn't take place on earth even though it takes place off on earth and that's because of the way the dialogue is structured. Like everyone speaks in such a strange way. And so kind of matter of flat fact and bluntly, I would love to, to see your opinion. Is it that. a horror or a thriller? I would say it it's more of a thriller, but it has horror elements to it. Maybe Not quite it, like the visit, but still get it gets there a little bit. Maybe post Oscar we'll have a happening episode. Our yeah. our listeners can also watch it that week. Yes. And then write in and tell us. We'll have a yeah. poll. Did you like it? Did you not like it? <laughs> I would, and I bet you it'll be split right down the middle because every Let's time the, the happening gets brought up, it's literally split down the middle. Some people are like it's brilliant, it's so interesting, and other people are like that is terrible. <laughs> like it's the worst movie ever. So yeah, I think we should. I think you would. I think I would love to hear your opinion on this. And Mark Wahlberg, interesting casting. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo. Yeah, like it's a strange cast too. The cast is all over the place. <laughs> when did it come out? Um, I don't remember. That one was must be older. Two thousand and eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so this was this was during his renaissance. So he he did he did the Sixth Sense in ninety nine, and then every two years he had a movie that came out like Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, and then he kind of disappeared. <laughs> and then came back. So it was the happening was near the end when people were like, we're getting sick of you. <laughs> I like weirdly, I feel like I saw him in a documentary. And I cannot for the life of me remember what the documentary was about. But he was talking about his like filmmaking. It might have been the blockbuster documentary. Mm, I yeah, don't probably. know. I feel I like think he, he was, was in that. That might. Yeah, that might have been it. And he talks about how like he did. Like, a couple of his movies were not great, I think. Or, like, not well-received. Um, anyways, Mike, put a pin in that. I think that's a good um, a good we'll break it. episode. I think so, you too. Know? Yeah, I think that would be, that would be, a, real, that would be a fun thing to a do. A palate cleanser it. after all yeah, of the uh, award. <laughs> so, uh, what is it? Is it a, a stream it? It's going to be a stream it. It's going to be a stream it. Like, I, I borderline where this movie would fall. I don't think it's as good as a see it um, because it is, you know, it is kind of just carries along. It is pretty straightforward. You know, I, I didn't really find myself overly shocked, but I, I thought it was just well done. It was, it was well directed. It was well acted. It was interesting enough that it kept my attention. If you're looking for something to watch randomly and you've watched a bunch of other things, I, I think you can throw this on and not be too disappointed. So yeah, I think to me, it's going to be knock at the cabin is a stream it what platform is it on or do you rent it i rented it um because it's home release i know it's coming um but i believe i don't i think it's going to like the crave side of things which is like crave and whatever the other ones are that are all connected to crave i think that's where it's going to end up cool so there you go uh that's knock at the cabin um we kind of just without introduction went right into my review uh okay so talk to us about uh women talking yeah so you know how um uh 
Tyler with his wife will do like two movies and then like try to find the connections. And we like did that a couple times where we had like random movies that happened to be weirdly connected. So when you described how your movie was like under two hours and you're pretty much following seven characters, that's like that was like my movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> like completely. That's really funny. Yeah, I think there's a couple more people. Like I think you're like following eight women and there's like a guy like literally like keeping minutes. <laughs> oh there's a, there's a guy in it? Oh there's one guy in the whole I'm gonna, movie. I'm gonna and, like, find one... the picture of that one guy. Because yeah. I went for promoting I like to find the image. I'm gonna see if I can find a promotional image with the one guy in it. The one guy. Um and I well I sh- I should I guess say two because there's also a trans male, like a a oh, woman okay. who has like become a, a man and, uh, but like primarily it's it's these like I, I want to say it's eight women and then the the one man taking minutes and it's because there the was... women can't read or write so right right yeah. Yeah, if there were if there were two movies that I thought would have been least connected it would have been these two yeah, and so that's have... interesting that there you go because like your movie has like Francis McDormand in it and yeah. Claire Foy and is yeah. like an actual Oscar contender, heavy hitter. I think there's like Jesse Buckley's in it. Yeah. Right? Like is yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure there's someone else. Runa, Runa. Oh, what's her? Runa Mar? Mar? Oh, uh, Rooney uh, Mara. Rooney, yeah. Rooney Mara is in it. Um, I think those are like the big, like the big, big wow. names. Stacked cast. Like that's no. a great cast. Jeez. Yeah. Once again, I watched it on my cell phone in between naps. Not a <laughs> ideal way, or during naps, not a ideal way to watch a movie. No, no. Though and, this one, this one, I'm sure with the if it's more of a talking and more of a like drama, I'm sure that that it was like fine. it was. Um, it's like very heavy dialogue, and so yes, like you could have closed your eyes and you wouldn't have missed anything type movie because like it is just like talking. <laughs> Um, but like the cinematography, I saw, um, an article that they were, or maybe it was like a short clip. The film team were trying to achieve the look of like a, um, of a photograph in terms Mm. of the cinematography. So like, again, you're, I'm like in a darkened room on my little cell phone. Well, actually I watched half the movie, I think in my living room, I think, I don't know. Anyways, it was <laughs> it was dark. It was hard to see. <laughs> so watch this on a big screen. Um, yeah. So for people who don't know, this is nominated for Best Picture. This episode is airing after the Oscars. It may have won. I don't think it is going to win. Um, there's so much buzz around know, other movies. Frances McDormand, though, like talk about Oscar gold. She like... is in it very little. Oh, really? She oh, only okay. has like two or three scenes. Oh, that's true. And I mean, Ro- Rooney Mara's been in tons of Oscar She was very good. Too. Yeah, so. I don't know yeah, if no. any of the women in the cast are nominated for Best Actress. You'd have to look that up, Mike. I don't I, know. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I know the film's nominated for its other areas quite a bit, but I don't. Um, I'm just looking it up quickly. I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, it doesn't look like it. Francis McDormick produced. 
So maybe that's why she was like, I always think it's funny when you see that one of the actors produced it. You're like, oh, are, did you like give yourself that role? Like you just wanted to be in the movie? It's like such a minor role. It's like, why even bother, Francis? No, but... that, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe, yeah, just to want to be in it or want that role or like something about it. Or, or you're doing it to save the, the film money. Because if you're a yeah, producer that's true. on it, you, you might not have to, or you can donate the money back, or like you don't have to be paid to the same scale. Like there might be a way around it. I didn't think it. of that. So yeah. it might be a money thing. Yeah. But um, it wasn't like she was bad or anything. I just thought it was like, oh, random. Like no, I, I, mean, I expected her to be in it more, I guess is what it, I'm trying to say. I, I thought she would have been one of the leads. Can she be bad? I mean, I, I, I feel like. Oh, she's a good actress really good like yeah. I, I, <laughs> I feel like my my expectations are always like good to amazing and they're that's yeah, basically good the in, range she was good <laughs> in this one so it is um and it's the canadian connection because sarah poley is the director yes and yes. i believe she wrote the screenplay i believe so yeah which is adapted from a canadian book oh so, it, oh um, i didn't know that yeah a canadian author wrote the book so um you're the little canadian factor i don't think it's considered We've, we've talked about this before on the show. Like, what what makes something a Canadian movie? For me, that is a Canadian movie. Canadian director, screenwriter, and it's based on a Canadian book. So yeah, me, but if it's mainly produced in the States and released in the States and whoever the production company is, like, I, I still think they end up considering it American. But I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, if the director <laughs> and the writer who are the ones creating this from the beginning, if they are Canadian, it should be considered a Canadian film. I agree with you. But none of the leads, I guess none of the actresses are Canadian. I thought Jesse Buckley was from Canada. Maybe She's I'm wrong. like Irish. Oh. <laughs> well, then I'm like really Scottish. <laughs> She's from the UK, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, for those who are not aware, this movie is largely about women talking, exactly how it sounds. And it's the, the premise is that it's a Mennonite community. So, like, a very closed-off ultra-conservative community that has been experiencing a series of, like, very violent sexual attacks for... They don't specify how long, but, like, it's been ongoing for a long time. And they've caught the men who've done it. All of the men in this Mennonite community have gone to the town or, like, the city to bail those men out. And... Um, while the men are away, the women of the, the colony are going to decide what they're going to do. So they're going to mm -hmm. either stay and forgive the attackers, um, stay and fight, like, you know, not apologize and, you know, fight, whatever that means, um, or they're going to leave the colony. So the movie is about the like the I guess you could say like the most prominent women of the colony are sitting in a barn discussing those three options that's literally mm -hmm. the premise of the movie so it largely takes place in the barn it really feels like a play yeah um and the language is like very literary like you can you know this like it felt it it's one of those things where you're like oh do people really talk like that in real life you know, like mm -hmm. maybe because they're like Mennonite, they would. But like it felt more like it did feel very literary, I would say. Yeah. Um, and like your movie, it came in under two hours. I think it's like an hour 47. 
Um, that's, that's your sweet spot. Yeah, it's, it is. It's my, I'm like, mm, chef's kiss. I was like, I saw yeah. that runtime. I'm like, I can do that. That's, that's perfect. It. <laughs> Two naps. Okay, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> um, wow. So, um, the acting was phenomenal. Uh, the writing, you know, like I said, it felt sometimes clunky, but beautiful, if that makes sense. Um, cinematography was good from what I could see on my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an interesting movie. And interestingly, um, it is based on true events. So people will see that um, on posters and in the promotions. It says based on true events. So the book that the movie's based on is um, fiction. So mm. the movie opens and there's like, um, it opens and there's like voiceover and then it like cuts and says like, um, the following is an act of the female imagination. Mm. And you're like, okay, well, what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, kind of like when you were watching, um, oh, the one with uh, Florence pew about the the miracle oh yes uh, yes the wonder yeah yeah and it had that like weird didn't it have this like is, a weird this is a movie yeah, yeah this is a movie <laughs> yeah everyone yeah everyone you're about to see believes what they're saying right <laughs> like, but it's a movie. yeah so i was like i'm like i don't get that this is an act of the female imagination i'm like what it's a you know but it's because the book that it was it's based on so in Bolivia, there's a Mennonite colony that did experience very, for a number of years, um, mm. very violent sexual attacks. And the men were, like, rounded up and they've been sent to prison. Like, that's very true. And, like, um, like the nature of the crimes are very similar to how they're portrayed in the movie. But the the book is imagining how the woman of the colony would have responded. Okay. Yeah. That, that so that's why. So, so like, yeah, yeah. So like, that's why they had that line in the, at the beginning of the movie. Cause I'm like, I don't understand that. So like when I was reading about the movie, it's because it's um, the, the events truly did happen. Like these, these attacks did happen, but like how the women responded, that's an act of the imagination. I guess you can say. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think that's a reason to put a, a thing like that. Like, that makes more sense to to try to explain it to your audience. Like, it's true events, but here's the fiction around the true yeah. events. These women yeah, that makes sense. in real life did not have the agency to do this. But, you know, if they were allowed to, maybe this is how things would have played out, essentially, yeah. is what the yeah. movie's about makes sense so um it's very sad <laughs> i mean it, you know obviously when you think of a, a movie about the the premise you know these these women who have absolutely no power um no say no voice in their community are trying to decide how they're going to respond to like the most horrific thing that can happen to someone um obviously this is not like a happy-go-lucky movie <laughs> right but um like it is hopeful. I will say that like it is, it is a, a hopeful movie, but like, don't go into this thinking like it's going to be a cheery hour 40. Um, it is like, it is a drama and like, yeah. So, and, um, you know, you know, Mike, I'm not like one of those people that like are super into like trigger warnings or anything, but like 
the whole premise is figuring out how to respond to sexually motivated attacks. So like that in itself is like pretty heavy. So people should know that going in. They don't show the attacks. Like it's not like gratuitous violence or anything, but like they talk about it enough that, you know, people should be aware. Um, And yeah, it's a very tight movie. I think the acting was very good. Um, I think some people will honestly be bored by this movie because it's eight women talking sometimes in circles like it's very realistic in the sense of what happens when you have eight people trying to decide something you know what i mean like which can get tedious yeah it can get a lot of back and forth a lot of repetitive thinking a lot of repetitive speech yeah um and like so, like, this movie isn't going to be for everyone because it's not, like, a fast-moving drama. Not a lot happens. A lot of, like, if you think, like, the major action happened off-screen and now the the characters are responding to that action that we didn't see. Mm. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, this wasn't the movie I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize that it was going to be, like, a very self-contained, um, almost play-like literary film um but i did enjoy it i will say that it was it was good um i don't know you know it's so again because we're film we're recording this in advance i don't know if it's gonna win i don't know if it did win um it's so hard i like every year the more the longer we do the show mike and the more we watch movies and we're thinking like okay is this like an oscar movie it's so hard for me to know like okay is this an oscar movie yeah you know what I mean? It's hard it's hard to predict what people are going to like. Now, I would say if you get um high quality actors together in a room for an hour and a half, that's probably a good chance it's getting nominated for an Oscar. Like as you were saying it like yeah, it's, it, I mean it sounds like a play, but it sounds like with the content that they're going to be talking about and it really being left up to the acting chops. Like there's nothing else in terms of the film, like action sequences yeah. or very stripped crazy down. cinematography. Like it's, it's bare bones. And often for, for the Oscars, that's what they like. Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, they, they love movies about themselves, about the industry and they love movies that are contained people talking about particular social issues. So it sounds like an Oscar movie to me. It sounds like it would be a very interesting play. Um, yeah. Like I think it would have almost made a better play than a movie personally like um like no costume changes you know what i mean like it happens over the course of i think like 24 hours you know like they have 24 hours to make this decision so um yeah yeah i mean um for me it is a see it it is a see it like i can confidently say that with the caveat being like this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea um it's not fast-paced it's like pretty heavy, um, but the acting is very good. The and I just think the everything around the movie is like so interesting. Like the fact that it's based on true events, but it's an imagined response to those events. The author who wrote the book grew up in a Mennonite community in Canada and based a lot of the characters on people she knew grew, growing up. Mm. So like all of that, like it's like it's. You know, and sometimes, like, it's, like, the mythos of the movie 
is almost as interesting as the movie itself. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I feel about this one. Like, I'm like, wow, like I read like a BBC article about the attacks afterwards. Like, um, yes, very, very interesting. And I would say a lot goes um, unsaid in the movie. And it's because they the voiceover says, um, you know, we these women, because they live in such a sheltered society, they don't have the language to describe what happened to them. So you don't see what happened to them. If that makes sense. Like that's a very interesting film choice to do. Yeah, that. that is. Yeah. That you really just don't. And, and I mean, that can be powerful too, right? Cause our imaginations can do a lot. Exactly. You, know, you can, if you just want people to think about what happened next, I mean, it leaves you with kind of an, you know, an unsettled feeling, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing all the time. So, all in all, yes, it is a see it. It'll be interesting to see. It's always interesting to see how things shake out at the Oscars. Um, is Sarah nominated for Best Director? Because as a... <laughs> I, I just navigated away from the page. Naturally. Naturally. No, no. See, I was going to say, it's as a Canadian, not, we have to root for her, but she's not even... <laughs> uh, but I do believe for writing. Yeah. I do believe for writing. Uh, it will be interesting, and I, I'm sure it's in the adapted screenplay category yes adaptive screenplay women talking is nominated yeah so we'll see we shall see or we saw we've we've already yeah we've already (laughs) we saw it we and and we'll insert what happened here no i'm not going to do that i don't have i don't have the editing time just go back and listen to the episode before (laughs) i would i would love to be able to just have the time to record something and put it in this episode get up but we don't have the time uh we we just got to get things out there but yes we already know the results of of women talking but hey you you're giving it a see it and frankly all our audience cares about is what we give it yeah right how many screening and kingston awards do we give to movies right that's that's what matters uh the one time we did an award show that i don't remember (laughs) I don't remember what, what awards we gave, but we did something like that. All I remember is that Bo Burnham won Best Actor of the Year. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, tells you something about our pedigree of the, yeah. of the show. Where um, our priorities are. Yeah. Hey, I'd like, I would like to see Bo in more things. I think he's very talented. And I do believe we gave him that for his role in... Um, Promising Young Women. Uh, Promising Young Woman. That's Which is was. coming to Netflix. Or oh, Amazon, you you'll be, I think Netflix, you'll be able to stream it now. Well, you'll be able to stream like three his years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll be able to see his best supporting performance. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think it was for that role, which is well, well-deserved. Um, and I think we also, didn't we give um, Taryn uh, Egerton an award for his Elton John? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. We corrected that wrong. <laughs> he was robbed. We talk about this every time we talk about the awards. He we was talk about robbed. it so much that that one episode recently, Tyler brought it up as like, you know, screening at Kingston really goes to, to bat for him. <laughs> like we're his biggest fan. And it's like, well, it was it was ridiculous that he, he wasn't was very even good. Like that was absolutely ridiculous. And I think um, you know, he's a lot of fun in the Kingsman movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good actor. So, yeah, he's also like a good a good actor who did a good job. Like regardless of of their previous 
work, like in, in anything, when someone does a really good job, it, they should get recognized. And I just don't understand Tyler, to this day. Tyler, I know you're listening. This is what it boils down to. Rami Malek <laughs> won <laughs> Best Actor for his Freddie Mercury, which was completely, utterly stupid. Worst. That was ridiculous. So dumb. Ridiculous. And Ter... Ter- I can never say his first name. Taryn? Taryn. Edgerton? Edgerton. Egerton. Egerton. I think it's Egerton. Egerton? Yeah. Was not even nominated. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, you really got to like Hello? about your hate here. I don't right? even think yeah. we're going to bat. We're just stating facts. Yeah. 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 I think Tyler, Tyler needs to chill. <laughs> That's what needs to He needs to just take a step back and relax his comments. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I think it's just fact. That's exactly, honestly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I think it's just so ridiculous that he wasn't even nominated at all. Like nominated and losing like whatever. Like I just, you know, you're, you're telling me he wasn't one of the best five performances of the year. Like that's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and we will also have known if your pick Austin Butler has, has won or not by this point. My little we'll, we'll sweetheart, not, your sweetheart, and and who who's slowly but surely losing his uh, his accent. Is it is that uh, true? Have you on the on the circuits? He's not. Yeah. So now, yeah, I've I've seen some interviews recently, and that accent is fading fast. <laughs> like I think he got embarrassed, and he's starting to lose it. Like with to be completely fair, a lot of the interviews people were pointing to was when he was a teenager, um, and your voice changes a lot over you know years so i think his voice naturally just got deeper anyway but you could tell he kept a little bit of the uh, elvis accent um (laughs) but he's getting rid of it now i think he's been shamed into it because he's you can tell he's definitely speaking a little bit differently uh than he was so his i don't know i feel like there's worse there's worse things you could do like if he wants to talk like elvis let him talk like elvis who cares yeah that is doing no harm to anyone (laughs) <laughs> like let him run around with a little accent like whatever Life there are short. people who we let get away with a lot worse and we're worried about this guy's accent like i just i people are so weird like just let them do what they want he's not harming anyone like it's kind of funny i saw a good <laughs> quote it says don't yuck my yum yes don't, don't yuck his yum yeah he, he likes know? the accent <laughs> <laughs> we just accept it now. That's his accent. Yeah, okay? that's his like, whatever. Cool. Yeah, he is what he is. I mean, that you liked it. Like, whatever. Um, and again, he talk about we were talking about Dave Patista and like talk about someone who also had, you know, a rough time. Like he he lost his mother at a young age, Austin oh, Butler did. Like he yeah, and like he he had a rough childhood growing up. So like he's in the spotlight, he's getting a lot of attention, he's enjoying himself. Leave him alone. Interestingly, I didn't realize that he was with Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, for a while, I think. And she apparently, allegedly, was the one who said, you ought to go for this Elvis movie. Uh, Yes, I heard he wasn't even going to go for it. Can you imagine? And now they're broken up. How? I would be so mad if I was him. I'd be like, oh, I have to. (laughs) My ex-girlfriend gets the credit. She's got bragging rights now. But, you know, if he wins the Oscar, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> he, frankly, that's one more Oscar than she has. So it'll be interesting to see if he wins the Oscar, if he'll thank her in the speech. 
Uh, no. <laughs> There's no way. You can't, you can't do that. You can't, you can't. Not if they're broken up. Not if they're broken up. I thought, I mean, I know they were together for a while, but like, I just think if they're broken up, then you can't do that. Let's leave me dogs win lie. an Oscar. Yeah, you can't win an Oscar and then thank your ex. Like, that's just. I know. know I think that's no the classy way. thing to do. I, I, I depends, depends what kind of terms. Like you got to add an extra, extra line on the Oscar poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, should, should Austin Butler thank Vanessa, Vanessa. Hutchins for, for this win? Yeah, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get a lot of interesting responses out of that. Um, because I mean, I guess you could, but I, I personally, I think you just have to let it Fair go enough. and just, I don't know if he's going to win. I don't know if he ended up winning. Like my, my pick is still with Brendan Frazier just because that was what, where most of the buzz was. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think it's a two-horse race. Um, but again, we know the answer to this. So there's no point in continuing to talk Speculate. Um, yeah, because this has all already happened. <laughs> so we, we, we already know this. Um, but there you go. Uh, thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. And thank you, Taylor, for, for making the time out of uh, bringing up your human to yep. speak to us again uh we look we really do look forward to what the next movie you can watch on your phone while george <laughs> naps like it's it's really interesting to see the catalog you're getting here of what you can fit all in quiet on the time. western front <laughs> yeah. women and women talking yeah what, what will the next one you be? know what i know um, we're running out of time mike i i was so close to watching that movie we got a ghost in the house <laughs> So that might be the next cell phone movie. That'll be it. (laughs) With David, David Harbour? David Harbour, yeah. Yeah. We got a ghost in the house. Looks horrible. I think that might be the next one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Stay tuned for that review whenever it comes out in the next couple weeks. Um, Thank you, everybody, again for listening. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.